Welcome to the Will Bradham Podcast, where crazy meets genius. Good Tuesday evening. I want to welcome all the uh, Will Bradham Podcast fans to the Will Bradham Podcast. As always, I am your most gracious host. Guess what I'm about to say? Will Bradham. Try to see if I could squeeze that in three or four times in one sentence. Um, tonight, uh, of course, I am on my um, off week. So tonight I am drinking and I found a bottle and I was so damn excited I couldn't stand myself. But I found a bottle of Blanton's and um, let me tell you, I, you know, I, I, I do enjoy good bourbons and, you know, one glass or two glasses is about all I'm going to have nowadays because I've got to, plus I've got to get up at about five in the morning and uh, head out to Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama. But um, I, I did find a bottle of Blanton's and I found it on my recent travels and I was ecstatic telling you. It's a uh, it's a rare thing to find that nowadays. And so uh, Blanton's is a, a, a top shelf bourbon. If you're a bourbon drinker and you've never had it, please go out and try to find yourself a bottle and just try it. It's so damn smooth. It's so good. So um, without further ado, mm -mm -mm. cheers. So tonight uh, we're going to talk about something other than politics. It might get mixed in just a little bit, but over the years I have been asked to go and speak to uh, different schools, uh, everything from four-year colleges. I've been to Ole Miss. I've been to Mississippi State. I've been to Delta State many times. Uh, high schools all over north, uh, north and northeast and northwest Mississippi. Uh, junior colleges, you name it. I've been there, <clears throat> and I've been very fortunate that I've gotten asked to go and speak at these um, different institutions. And uh, they're always wanting me to talk about entrepreneurship and business and, you know, my understanding of it. I don't know if they just assume that I'm successful at it, but, um, you know, I, I guess in the last 20 years, I have uh, I've started nine different companies. Some I've gotten out of um, some that still exist. Uh, and one that just, uh, uh, I think, no, actually two that just never really made it. And I, I've got a bunch in the hopper that I have been thinking about over the years and trying to figure out a way to uh, make them applicable uh, in the area that I live. So uh, when I go to these different institutions, you know, they're wanting to know the secret sauce. What I can tell you is that for any of y'all out there that are wanting to become entrepreneurs or get into your own business, uh, you know, ha having a steady paycheck that somebody else writes is awesome. It really is. It's, um, you know, I, in some ways, I kind of miss those days of not having to worry about it. I got a check on Friday or every other Friday, and that was A-OK -okay with me. So it was almost like the guaranteed money, but half the freedom, maybe less than half the freedom. 
with owning your own business, of course, you get the benefit of what some would deem to be a lot more freedom, but you know, the, 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 the burden is on your shoulders and it stays on there. And I don't care how successful you get. Uh, it's always there. And it seems to be a misnomer that, you know, people will look at you if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and say, oh, that guy or gal is wealthy. They don't do anything. Every time I see them, they're drinking coffee or riding around in their car or their truck and, uh, you know, going on this, doing that. They don't do anything. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I've been a business owner um, consistently, a business owner for 10 years now. I started my first company right at home in 2012. Uh, I, I will tell you, <clears throat> there has never been a week where I don't at least put, even now, minimum 40 hours worth of work in. Just because I may not be in the office does not mean I'm not working. And anybody that knows me well enough can tell you that my, my brain is constantly thinking, churning, well, what's next? Um, you know, you haven't lived until you've woken up at 2.30 in the morning wanting to almost throw up, wondering how you're going to make payroll that week. But I'm going to tell you, 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 you realize that you're living when you do have that feeling, when you do have that opportunity to own a business. And when you can look back and say, it's still, I still have to kind of <clears throat> bring myself down a little bit and, and remember that this thing, even though it kind of looks like it's running on autopilot now, um, and I have great staff that does a phenomenal job and uh, they all, <clears throat> not that they haven't stepped up, but they really stepped up uh, right after April when, when I was, uh, when I got more time with my children and was going to be spending more time with them away from the office, um, they have just done a phenomenal job and done a phenomenal job in an economy that is not so hot right now. It's, it is not um, business friendly at all. And, you know, th those of you that I've seen that argue that it is or, that everything's fine. I can tell you right now, it is not. Um, this is the <clears throat> the worst I have ever seen it in my professional career life, which is over, you know, you could say 23, 24 years now. Um, not even including when I worked for dad back when I was in high school. It's bad. And... <clears throat> There are a lot of people out there that, you know, will complain about businesses here in town. And I see it all the time. You've got different people that complain about, oh, dead gummit, you know, uh, went to go get something here the other day and the people were acting like this, and being rude. and They're just doing this and that. And I'm going, you need to be glad that place is still open. That's what you need to be thankful for. Because when it's not, you're going to bitch about it not being open. And this is the time. 
this is the time where you will see institutions and businesses that if they made it through COVID, they're going to have a tough time making it through this. And I tell my staff this all the time. It, you know, when it's when it's easy and, and good times are to be had, like they were during Trump's period, um, you know, everything's easy. The hard stuff is easy. But it, it really shows the strength and the stability of the company and the management and your team that's around you when times are not good. And that, my friends, is right now. One piece of advice I can give any new, you know, business owner that's or entrepreneur that is wanting to get into business is the question I get asked over and over and over again. Will, what do I need to do to prepare to be able to open up my own business? Well, you need to figure out what it's going to cost you and be prepared to maintain that amount of money or those funds for a year. Some people are going to tell you six months, whatever. Most businesses aren't viable and successful until like year three. Most businesses go out of business by year five. If you make it after year five, you're doing okay. You've learned and figured out what that secret sauce is. Because there's not one, but you figured it out. But whatever anybody tells you it's going to cost for a business to maintain and operate it, you need to double that number. <clears throat> you know, if you're going to go open up a hair salon and somebody says, oh, it's going to cost you $45,000 to get it going and that'll give you two or three months worth of, you know, income to pay for utilities and and uh, and employees and, and overhead, ah, no, double it. Double it. Have double in the bank. One of the biggest mistakes I made, <clears throat> and I've made a shitload, shitload, it's like timber. So, one of the biggest mistakes I made was I was so ready to leave the company that I used to work for. And I was just, I had had enough. I was ready to get out of there. And I was looking for anything I could to get out of there. And entrepreneurship has always been in my blood. I watched my dad do it. And it would just, it always made me want to own my own business. <clears throat> and so, I got ready to do it. And of course I go out here and I, you know, go through this firm that researches different uh, franchises for me. And, and we land on non-medical and home care. And I go visit three different ones. I visit one in California. I visit one in Omaha, Nebraska. And I visit one in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I land on the one that's in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, and that is my company right at home. And to me, they looked like the best fit for me. And we were looking at the demographics that, you know, the elderly and disabled population, we were dealing at the baby boomers at the time. We're going to be getting older um, and, you know, continuing to grow. That segment was going to continue to grow and that segment was going to need care. So I was looking at a business where that made sense. What is a population that you know you are going to be able to target each and every year for an extended, extended amount of years. <clears throat> and that was it. My biggest mistake I made was I left my job. And what I should have done in hindsight was I should have opened up the company and kept my salary with my current business and would have been able to kind of handle both at the same time. But I would have been able to pay somebody to go out and market the business, work the business while we grew. 
um, it, it put me behind the curve, honestly, for probably about two years. It, it really did. I went about 18 months without earning a paycheck out of that business. Uh, it was tough. And what inevitably happened was I had to go back to work. And so I brought my mother on and God bless her. God love her soul. She came on board and she ran that thing like a top, like a top. And one of the reasons that company and Delta Maids as well, which was called Made to Order at one time, uh, the, one, of the, one of the main reasons those things are still open is because of her. She allowed me to be able to go back to work and she ran those things like they were her own and she ran them beautifully. And it allowed me to make some money, go back and, you know, just get things straight. And then it allowed me to be able to leave those, leave that company I went with in 2015-ish and go into my businesses full time. Absolutely worked out perfect for me. But I threw myself behind the curve for about two years. You know, it just it, it just happened. So my suggestion to you would be either a make sure you've got double the amount of money you can to start. Or if you have a job that is flexible and you can start another company all while keeping your main gig, do it. Do it. Is it going to be headache? Yes. There's no worse headache in the world than watching a business fail. I've watched one. OK, it happens. It's going to happen. Nobody's perfect in this game. Uh, there are a lot of times I feel like I could take any single business and turn it from sugar to, I mean, from shit to, sh I mean, yeah, from shit to sugar, right. And sometimes they go from sugar to shit. Uh, you know, you have to still keep an eyeball on it. You have to hire the right people to take care of your businesses. We don't get everything right. And you have got to get it out of your mind that business is always going to be perfect. It's not. You've got to realize that there are going to be some customers out there that are assholes. And then there are customers out there that are absolute angels. You're going to realize these things. I don't care what business you're in that you start and you run. And I'm not talking about the people that read about these things in books and want to tell you how businesses run. They don't know shit. And I mean nothing. The people that know about business are the people that own and run the businesses. That's who knows. I don't need anybody out there telling me what they think or what they read in a book or I've got a PhD in business. I don't care. If you haven't run one, you don't know anything. I promise you, I have forgot more about business than most people in business schools will ever know in their entire lives. I've forgotten it. Okay, so my hat's off to you that are entrepreneurs. Again, you, you've got to be smart about what you're doing. Learn your product, look at your demographics, look at your target markets, and decide if this is a smart business. Just because you cook a great steak at home does not mean you need to go open up a restaurant. I have seen that happen time and time again with my exploits back in the days with Cisco. I have seen some very good people who do cook a damn good steak and open up a restaurant and fail miserably. You know, just because you think something that you like is a great idea does not mean it's something that everyone's going to like in the area you're in. 
you know, I look at two different market segments now because I'm there part time, but I look at Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Cleveland has been extremely good to me and to my company. Um, and I hope I've been good back to Cleveland. But there are certain ideas that I have that would not work in Cleveland. They just wouldn't work here. We don't have the population size or we don't have the, uh, you know, the, the, the demographic that would want to use a particular business. You have to know these things on the front end. Certain people in certain areas don't like certain things. Opening up a snow cone stand in Alaska is probably not the greatest idea in the world, right? It's probably just not. Um, you know, there are certain things that work in certain parts of the country. I have traveled all over the United States and I have seen some things and been like, damn, that's a good idea. You know, I really like this concept. And then I go, but if I brought something like that to Cleveland, Mississippi, the mosquitoes would absolutely eat us alive. I can't do it. <clears throat> you know, so how could I tweak it and make it more applicable to Cleveland? How could I tweak this and make it more applicable to Oxford? But you know, knowing those simple things, will this work? I have had people in the past tell me that my healthcare company would not work in Cleveland, my housekeeping company would not work in Cleveland, and why in the hell would I want to buy Lenny's when it was a failing restaurant? I've done every single one of them, and they have all been good to me and to my employees. And that's what's important. And when all those things are working in harmony, I can be good back to the community and to my church and different uh, philanthropic, uh, you know, things out there. It, those are win-wins for everyone. But do the research. Just because you think it could do well does not mean it will do well. And there's nothing worse than falling on your face because, you know, I opened up an errand service, um, <clears throat> did all the, thought I did all the research on it, got the logos made up bought a vehicle, put the tag on it, you know, the, the, the logos and bought shirts and bought cards and all these other things. And lo and behold, nobody really wanted that service here in town. We did okay with it for about six months, but nobody really wanted it. I wasn't out a lot of money. Matter of fact, we made our money back and then some, but it just wasn't a longstanding business. But you see concierge type services like that in Oxford all the time, go to a bigger city. All the time, people hire other people to go do their, um, run their errands for them. Cleveland, not so much. You know, so good idea, wrong placement. Put in another area, probably do very well. I've looked at the housekeeping company. We have done extremely well in this market. But, you know, you never have all the business, and we don't. But you do get to a point where you kind of feel maybe a little tapped out <clears throat> and you've got to do expansion. In any business, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and I had a friend of mine say, even if you're flat, you're dying. You just don't know it yet. So you, you've got to be in growth mode every single time because you're going to lose customers to attrition. You're going to lose them. They're going to die. They're going to stop using your product uh, or your service. Um, they're going to move away. So they're not existent there anymore. You got population decline, you know, population growth. I mean, there's all sort of sorts of different factors that determine how your business is going to do. So you have to look at that. And so, you know, I started looking at Oxford and saying, okay, 
would Delta Maids make sense over here? Hell yeah, it would. It's insane. They're building houses over there left and right, commercial properties left and right. Yeah, it would make sense to have that type of company over there. And obviously, a lot of people already have the, those types of companies over there. I'm going to add mine over there. Would it make more sense for me to also be able to offer my healthcare services over there? Of course. You know, have I thought about opening up a restaurant over there? Yeah, I have. It's a lot of money. And obviously the overhead and expenses over there are significantly more in a place like that. And you've got tons more competition. You know, a lot of the times we went out with our restaurant over here. I firmly believe we do a damn good job over there. I think better than most. And I'm talking about in any type of restaurant industry. I've got my friends that I love in the restaurant business. I love them to death. They do a phenomenal job and I patronize their businesses. Um, I think we do as good or better than just about anybody in town with the way my staff handles things. They do an awesome job. And I look at that and go, could I duplicate that in Oxford? I probably could. Um, you know, there's 10 times more competition over there, which is not a bad thing. But, you know, I look at this also a lot of times being on the West End of Cleveland. We kind of went out sometimes because we're one of very few restaurants on this side of town. <clears throat> so um, it's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and it's good. So uh, we, we do enjoy that. But, you know, again, going back to knowing your market, knowing your demographics, Knowing, the, knowing it, it, how affluent your area is, do the people have disposable income and how are they going to spend that money? I know that we've got some new places coming here into town and, and I was kind of mulling over a couple things like location and I, I just, you know, I don't know if some companies just think because of what they are that they can just make it anywhere. And um, I, I look at some of those sometimes and go, that's just a bonehead idea. You know, I've seen national brands in Oxford and they put them in the absolute worst locations and I never see any traffic there. Again, I don't know if some people just get a little bit too cocky with having a national brand and just say, we can make this damn thing work anywhere. Hell, for the longest time Subway did it. I think they put one of those son of a bitches in your closet if you asked them to, but um, you know, it's not every business can make it everywhere you think it can. It just can't. Just different strokes for different folks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> you know, from the financial aspect of a business, <clears throat> I would suggest that, again, making sure you have more than enough income or you're going to stay with your main job to uh, uh, subsidize uh, the cost of what it's going to take for you to get your business off the ground. You know, from a financial aspect, as a business owner, you have to look at yourself last. That's just the way it is. You're going to be the first one to work, last one to leave, and the last one to get paid. It's going to be like that for quite a while, maybe forever. Depends on what you're doing. Um, I have noticed, you know, recently that, uh, you know, the restaurant business for me uh, six, eight, ten months ago was very profitable. It was a good business buy for us. Now, um, it's not so much. And I don't fault anybody for that. Well, I actually do fault somebody for that. It's our, it's, it's, this administration has absolutely ruined a lot of businesses. And you're going to see some of them that are just not going to make it. Thank God I don't live out of my restaurant. 
I don't. Um, you know, that all of my businesses are supposed to survive on their own. Not rob Peter to pay Paul. That is not why I'm in business. And, uh, you know, here lately, um, Lenny's, we're still doing great business. Sales look great. Our cost of goods has gone way up. And every time we turn around, it's fluctuating, going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. We, we, we don't even have time to change the menus, change the menu pricing to catch up with the inflation. How much the products have gone up? It's going up that quick. And I think anybody that's in the restaurant business will tell you that. Um, it's it's going up. And restaurateurs are going to have to make some some very, very, very hard choices in the near future because that the cost of product is the same thing you're seeing in the grocery store. When you go in one week and ground beef was, let's just throw out a number, $4 a pound, which seems a little high to me. And then you go in the next week and it's $4.25 a pound. You go in the next week, it's $4.35 a pound. The next week, it's $4.50 a pound. That's what we're seeing, too, in the restaurant business. Surprisingly, right? So if you're seeing it in the grocery store, and you're buying $300 worth of groceries, I want you to imagine that in a restaurant that buys three or $4,000 worth of groceries, how much it impacts their bottom line in what we have to turn around and sell the consumer. It's, it's, it's getting nasty out there. I mean, nasty. And we've seen some restaurant closures in Bolivar County already. You know, scary stuff. So uh, one thing I can tell you is, is that, you know, while some of you feel like it is your God-given right to go in here and blast a restaurant all over Facebook or uh, talk about, a you know, nine to 900 times with your friends at work or to be rude to the people that work in those restaurants, um, don't. Be glad they're still there and be glad that people are going to work. One thing I can always give everybody that's a strong piece of advice, don't uh, don't be ugly to people that handle your food and or drink. That's just stupid. Just a piece of friendly advice, okay? So uh, hitting about that 26-minute mark, I was glad to talk a little business and shop with y'all tonight. Again, thank you to every single one of you that is um, uh, subscribed and listening to this podcast. I looked at the analytics this morning, 428 individual uh, listeners. Uh, it, it just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind that that many people would give a shit about what I have to say. So, you know, again, pass this along to your friends and family. Tell them to come on and just take a listen. You know, first couple episodes weren't the greatest in the world, but I've got some good ones in there. Put them on one of the really good ones and, uh, you know, just kind of let it fly from there. Um, as always, I am your most gracious host, Will Bradham, signing off. A buh, a to the bye.